funny, man. What have we done? What are you looking at, butthead? I want to get some coffee. You want some coffee? Game on, old friend. Alright, howdy everybody. This episode of Cinephile Saturdays is brought to you by Ballot Ready, Gamer Go, and the NerdCon 1 channel. If you like what you hear in this episode, go to www.nerdcon1 for more content. Today we have a very special, special 13th episode special of Cinephile Saturdays, and it is our Halloween special. So let's get started with Steve's holiday favorites and Halloween treats. All right, guys, so today we are going to be talking about my Halloween favorites, my go-to movies that I never let a single Halloween season pass without watching. So I'm going to be starting off with a real classic from my childhood, uh, The Halloween Tree from 1999, uh, written by Ray Bradbury and directed by Mario Peluso. Um, stars Ray Bradbury as the narrator, uh, Leonard Nimoy as Mr. Moundshroud, who is like this weird, creepy guy. Um, I guess I should explain the plot a little bit because I feel like it's kind of an obscure movie. But uh, so basically these uh, five friends get together every single Halloween um, and we start off the movie uh, seeing four of them get ready and they're all trying to impress their friend Pip. Uh Pipkin, as they call him, uh, who's kind of like their little Halloween king leader, I guess. Nothing scares him. Uh, the kid's just a Halloween monster. Um, he's not a bad kid or anything. But uh, when they show up to Pip's house, uh, they see him getting taken away in an ambulance. And uh, they find a note on his door that says that he's got appendicitis. And... Uh, that uh, he didn't mean to, you know, ruin Halloween or anything, but he's got to take that. And, uh, you know, so they're like, oh, you know, he's probably just screwing with us. So they decide to, you know, follow him to the hospital. But upon doing that, they see Pip running through the woods. It's really just a ghost of him uh, because I believe, yeah, he passed away, which sucks. But um, uh, they end up chasing him into this house uh, owned by Mr. Moundshroud, who... Um, upon their entering starts questioning them if uh, they know the real meaning of Halloween and uh, what their costumes mean and this and that and they explain they're just trying to find their friend uh, who ends up hopping up behind a, some kind of armoire like a big chair or something anyway so he runs outside and this is where they discover the Halloween tree which is this tree in Mr. Moundtrown's backyard that is filled with jack-o'-lanterns that represent uh, people who've died and Pip ends up stealing his and running off with it um, so Mr. Moundtrown decides that it's going to take a while to find them so along the way they might as well you know hop around and discover the true meaning of Halloween uh, they see Halloween in like, you know, Mexico for Day of the Dead, ancient uh, Egypt with the mummies. And it's just it was just a movie I discovered on TV as a kid. They used to show it around the holiday season. And um, it's taken me a long while to find it. And it's finally uh, last year, the year before, sometime in the past couple of years, it got added to. Uh, to be able to be purchased digitally on Amazon. So I was pretty stoked about that. So um, 
I've been able to watch it the past few Halloween seasons. Uh, I watched it last night as my pre-Halloween ritual. I usually end up watching that or The Crow. Um, but this year it was the Halloween tree. <laughs> so it's really one of those like nostalgia ones. It's only about an hour long and um, I think it's pretty decent. It's not like the greatest Halloween cartoon out there, but it's just one that means a lot to me because I loved it as a kid. So I still like to relive that little nostalgia feeling uh, and everything as most of us like to do. I don't know what the heck that was all of a sudden. Hackers, guys. Hackers in the broadcast. <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, yeah, so that's Steve's first recommendation. Um, if you've never seen it, give it a watch. It's fun. I think it's timeless. I still enjoy it to this day. Um, but, yeah, definitely give it a watch. The Halloween Tree from 1993. Very good Halloween classic, in my opinion, right there. So, from there, we're going to be moving on to... Oh, man. Steve's doing some TV shows. Oh, God. It's insane. Yeah, I know that uh, <laughs> uh, Cinephile kind of seems to stick more towards movies and got to throw in some TV shows there every now and again because I love that. But the Bob's Burgers Halloween specials. So, if you're not familiar with Bob's Burgers... Um, where the hell have you been? Because this cartoon has just taken over in popularity and since it's came out. Um, I got to admit, when it first came out, I thought the animation looked really fucking weird and I wasn't into it. So I didn't actually watch it till probably... There was like four seasons, three or four seasons. And... Um, I was bored and it came up on my suggested list of Netflix and I couldn't find anything else to watch uh, like eight years ago. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to give this weird show a watch. And I thought that the um, the first episode was definitely uh, really good. And it's just like, okay, I got to watch this a little more. And the second episode, and by the third episode, I was beyond hooked and just binged through the entire first couple seasons over and over and over and I have just been addicted to it since but Bob's Burgers has the best holiday episodes I feel of just about anything because they cover um every holiday almost they have the greatest Thanksgiving episodes great Christmas episodes great Halloween they've done um Valentine's Day uh, it's just wonderful. <laughs> like they put a lot into it and especially their Halloween episodes. Like they have some real, real fun ones that are definitely going to become classics. And it's just, um, if you're not familiar with Bob's Burgers, so it's this, excuse me, uh, it's this cartoon sitcom about this family that owns a burger restaurant. They live above it. Um, Bob's a really good cook, but his restaurant doesn't get a lot of business because of the idiot Jimmy Pesto across the street who owns this, like, chain Italian restaurant where nothing's fresh or anything, but yet it's still loaded because he has all these stupid special nights and blah, blah, blah. But, um, so it's Bob, his wife, Linda, his kids, Tina, um, uh, da, 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 da. 
Man, Tina Jean and Louise. I had such a brain fart there. Got to apologize, guys. Steve's running off of not a lot of sleep right now. So forgive the complete brain fart there. But um, that's okay. It'll happen from time to time. Anyways, so... Today we're going to be focusing on their Halloween ones. I'm going to be talking about my three favorite Bob's Burgers Halloween episodes. Um, Full bars. Definitely the most standout one and probably, I'd say, fan favorite. Um, So anyways, the kids go to Sheep's Head Island. Sorry, King's Head Island. Sheep's Head Island isn't a different thing entirely. King's Head Island, because they heard that they do full bars there, so they take the ferry over. Um, Let's see. uh, Tina is a mommy mummy, and Jean is Queen Latifah in the U-N-I-T-Y phase, and Louise, Louise always has hands down the best freaking costumes out of anybody. She's Edward Scissorhands in this one, and she's basically just wrapped herself in duct tape with her bunny ears wrapped in duct tape, and it just has scissors, you know? But so they go over to um, King's Head Island to get full bars, and they, like, bump into some kids there uh, who they befriend for a second and show them around. Uh, blah 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 and they're like oh yeah we're from King's Head Island and then when they find out that they have full bars there they're like full bars full bars you have full oh does the media know (laughs) and so then eventually they end up getting uh, chased around by the older kids Um, it's a hell night Uh, the older kids like throw balloons full of pee and torment the younger kids while wearing these really stupid like pseudo satanic goat masks it's just absolutely ridiculous <coughs> but just so perfectly done um so they get terrorized by them and then eventually they gotta get uh out of there and they escape but the kids that they uh befriended were um captured so there's this uh chick that logan um nope not logan uh, just one of the dumb older kids. I forget his name. Logan and Luis interact a lot, so I kind of, for some reason, put that character in some of the older kids' roles just in my mind, and it just... Don't ask. But anyways, so... Um, they steal this cell phone from this girl that he has a crush on that they bump into a couple times, and they start texting him like, oh, hey, come over for skinny dipping, blah, 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 blah. Um... And that's when they uh, they trick them. They put hot sauce in the underwear and they escape away. Um, they get down to the ferry, but then they realize, oh, we got to go save the other kids. So they go and save them. And uh, the older kids ended up getting like pelted with pee balloons and chased away. Um, and one of the best moments in this is Louise holding the chick's phone that she stole, sees her car driving by and throws it up into the air. And you think that it's going to land right in her back seat, but it's just the car pulls away too quick and it smashes apart on the ground. It's absolutely wonderful. So second episode that I am truly in love with for their Halloween specials is Fortnite. So Fortnite, they have this buddy, uh, Daryl, um, 
who's a reoccurring character from an old episode where he teaches Bob how to play uh, this one video game burger boss. But anyway, so uh, through a bunch of research and everything, Daryl has this whole map set up for the houses that give uh, full bars, uh, leave the candy unattended and all this. And then the ones that just don't give anything, give apples, give you know, toothpaste and crap. So they're going for, they're planning to do this whole like, super Halloween escapade and just hit all of the big time candy houses in the neighborhood. But before that, they got to go to their crazy little cardboard fort, which is in the alley behind the burger joint. Um, and so while they're in there, uh, Millie pops up, who's this crazy girl obsessed with, uh, Louise and wants to be her best friend, but Louise doesn't want to have shit to do with her. So anyways, this truck backs in as they're in the fort, gets stuck in there. Millie knows about it, but decides, oh, no, you're being mean to me and not being my friend. I'm just going to let you sit in here and get stuck all night. So while um, Bob and Linda are trying to sew this dragon costume together for the kids um, with the help of uh, Teddy, the guy who runs the mortuary next door, and um, um, Teddy... Wait, Mort. Mort runs the mortuary. Teddy is their crazy handyman friend who just insane. They're trying to sew this dragon costume. So the real you know, main attraction of the episode is the kids getting stuck in the fort with Millie tormenting them and them trying to get out. And when they finally get out, it's literally just, you know, all the lights are going off. Um, and it just turned out to be a horrible Halloween for them. And you just got to you got to feel bad. You got to feel bad. But overall, just. The episodes just don't stop making me laugh. It is friggin' fantastic. I absolutely love it. But um, real quick, we are going to take a break to hear an ad read from our sponsor. I will be back with you guys shortly. All right, guys. We are back from that wonderful sponsor break from Ballot Ready, and we are going to keep it rolling with my third favorite. Well, these are in real no particular order, but anyways, I was just talking about my three favorite Bob's Burgers Halloween episodes, but here's number three, The Hauntening, which is hands down probably one of the greatest Halloween ones they've done so far. Um... Basically, Louise is just impossible to scare. She's hard as nails. Um, I mean, that's pretty obvious anyways. Uh, (laughs) So um, what they do is they're trying to set out to really give Louise a fright this Halloween. So Bob and Linda set up this... uh, haunted house that turns out to be you know intentionally bad to try to really scare her it belongs uh the house that they had no idea about uh belongs to um mort's mom's boyfriend who they get in on the whole thing and um basically after she's not scared by the whole like fake crappy haunted house um they start having weird things happen uh they get all their friends mort teddy everybody to help do it they make it seem like there's like weird creepy cult attackers come into the house and oh my god they just do so much ridiculous shit and Louise gets so terrified at the end and they just click a picture of her when it's all over um, after hearing like moaning through the house and like thumping and weird the lights getting cut out um (laughs) Bob not knowing the actual like address and trying to like call somebody for help Uh, I think it's Popular or Poplar Street. Uh, Streets aren't called Popular, are they? (laughs) 
Um, I'll watch anything with H. John Benjamin. He's just classic comedy right there. The guy's just dry, sarcastic, and an ass. I love it. Perfect, perfect voice for Bob. Um, and oh my god, they just scare Louise so much, and it's just amazing that like nobody screwed it up. Like they literally like put a ring of fire around the house and have all these cult people like walking in in robes, and it's just like Mort and his mom and stuff. And uh, this dude that he, this guy that they have a Mort's mom's boyfriend, I forget his name, but he like dresses up like the dude out of I still know what you did last summer, and like big crazy raincoat just all darkened face and he just reaches out of this window when all the belters are up on top of uh um the patio roof uh the porch roof and just grabs her just, oh man uh, steve's not always the best at describing things but i'm just telling you this episode is so goddamn hilarious like bob's burgers just hits all the right funny spots it's the animation is a little creepy sometimes but it is just ooh, freaking amazing hands down um so we're gonna be moving on to my next uh personal recommendation for halloween favorites um now any of these movies if you've never seen them or shows i definitely recommend checking them out steve is a big 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 horror fan and i do not go a single halloween season like i say without watching these movies there's plenty of other ones i watch but these are the ones that will not be missed no matter what um regardless of the rotation these are always in rotation um so rob zombie's 31 now i know rob zombie catches a lot of flack and there's really like a complete there's no down the middle with people the people either like his shit or they hate his shit i'm one of the people that like his shit it entertains me and that's good enough for me plus there's some cool shit to it and his castings are fucking phenomenal so like just in this one you got malcolm mcdowell richard brake uh jeff daniel phillips uh meg foster kevin jackson jane carr judy green like it's fucking ridiculous. Poncho Mahler, David Yuri. Now, I know that Rob Zombie also has a lot of people that uh, rotate through. And uh, a lot of the people in this are in his some of his other movies. But so anyways, there's a. Uh, I forget what everybody in the. Um, no, yeah, they're carnival workers. OK, yeah, 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 they're carnival workers, you know. Some little details just, you know, don't matter when everyone's going to die. Um, so they are, like, driving through, you know, following the, the carnival to the next place and everything. And um, they have this weird interaction out of this creepy gas station. Um, and then uh, all of them, you know, they keep moving on and they come to this weird, like, roadblock that's just like a bunch of like uh, scarecrows and stuff like that. And when they get out to go check it, you know, they, the, the scarecrows pop down, they attack them, everybody gets captured. And um, the exact like plot is a little vague, but basically Judy Green, Jan Carr and Malcolm McDowell are at least like three super wealthy rich elites that play this game 31 every halloween eve you know every all hallows eve you know the night before halloween and they abduct a bunch of people um put them through this crazy like 
warehouse torture maze and they have all these people that they call the heads you know there's death head doom head sex head and you know etc um that are like the people trying to uh attack him and kill him it's kind of like a a a running man type scenario where you got all you know the berserkers sorry my back itches so don't mind all this weird shifting around and everything everybody i'm not having spasms um but so they pay these people to you know torture and kill these people and they have to try to survive they have 12 hours throughout the whole night and if they survive they survive richard brake in recent years um has definitely become a favorite 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 actor of mine um he's a really nice guy to meet um I met him last year at Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, me and my wife met him. Extremely nice guy. Um, I would definitely meet him again, and I hope to. I was really happy to meet him, the Night King, Doomhead. Um, <laughs> also, I have a T-shirt from this movie that I've been slowly collecting uh, the entire cast autographed. I have about um, 85% of the cast so far. So pretty happy about that. He was a really big add to it for me because uh, he wasn't at this one convention where like half the cast was. So he was over in London hanging out with Rob Zombie at a concert that Rob Zombie was playing. But anyway, so um, some real uh, highlights in this one. Jeff Daniel Phillips. Oh my God. I just cannot as uh let's see roscoe pepper that's it roscoe pepper now if you're not familiar with jeff daniel phillips he played the geico caveman in those commercials forever forever ago and he is just a primetime actor in my opinion so he definitely stole the whole movie for me i was real bummed when he died in it it's been out for years there are no spoilers so um the real beginnings of the movie, they, they show this uh, priest that was captured getting killed by Doomhead. And just, it's all in black and white. And the whole Richard Brake is Doomhead just giving this speech right before he hacks this guy up with an axe. It just is the perfect tone setter for this whole dark and grisly movie. Um, and, oh my god, just Richard Brake. Like, he's... Him and Roscoe Pepper, right there, stars of this movie to me. So when uh, they, you know, call in Doomhead later on because uh, these people are, are starting to like take down the different heads and actually like survive without a lot of them dying, and you know they announce like their odds of what they feel everyone's gonna, their the chances of living every once in a while. Um, so when they call Doomhead in, when he first shows up, right, he's just in a tux with his face just completely painted white and he's just standing there and he just starts uh saying i'm not crazy i'm not crazy while looking into a mirror and just punching himself in the face and just fucking letting the blood run down all over him and just that's how he psychs himself up and that's that's a part of the movie that definitely definitely stuck with me after i first saw it um another part is after um you know, a couple of people have died. Everyone kind of comes across this dining room. And uh, 
Malcolm McDowell announces, oh, you know, you've survived so far, you know, take a little break and refresh. So they start eating some food and then they find out it's their friends that have been killed. So that's just... I actually have a picture from that scene autographed and I have it displayed in my living room and I absolutely love that it's there. Um, <laughs> so a uh, big recommendation from Steve Rob Zombies uh, 31 got a lot of movies to talk about and TV shows so can't spend too too much time on one. Um, so we are going to be moving on to a timeless classic from back in the day, um, Hocus Pocus from 1993, you know, and like just in general, just great, great, great all-star cast in that. You got Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy and Jimmy, um, Thora Birch. I'm, oh, Doug Jones. Doug Jones is in this movie who we uh, talked about recently, mentioned him on our Game of Thrones episode. Um, he plays Billy Butcherson, a zombie in the movie. And, uh, oh, I'm always getting ahead of myself because I assume everybody knows this stuff. So if you haven't lived under a rock and you had a childhood, you watched Hocus Pocus around Halloween. Um, Disney classic right there. So it's about the Sanderson sisters who are witches. They were killed, uh, put a curse on Salem and eventually they, um, get brought back to life by some idiot lighting the black flame candle he's a virgin and they have to try to stop them uh, from taking over Salem and eating all the children because that's how they stay young witches they suck up the souls of young children and that's how they stay young so basically it's about this kid Max his little sister and um, this girl Allison right yeah Allison um so Max has a crush on her. Um, Max's family just moved to Salem. Doesn't have any real friends. He's getting fucked with by these bullies and stuff. Um, doesn't really believe in Halloween or the whole Salem thing. But, um, you know, ends up breaking into the Sanderson sisters old home. That's like a little museum now and lighting the candle and all hell breaks loose. But seeing these witches in just the modern day was, <laughs> Oh, they didn't know what a street was. They thought it was a black river. Um, Oh my God. Just everything. So at one point they resurrect, um, Billy Butcherson, who was, uh, Winifred Sanderson's ex lover, that uh, cheated on her with Sarah, her other sister. So she cut his tongue out, sewed his mouth up, fed him poison. Oh, fed him poison and then did all that. But um, so she's commanding him to chase these kids down. And this is like one of the greatest parts for me because they're out and see all these ghouls and goblins and it's Halloween and they don't get it. And <laughs> so they go up to this one house that they think is the devil's house because it's all made up to be like that. And this guy that answers it and the, this Satan outfit invites him in and just, Oh my God. It's just so ridiculous. His wife is just like, what the hell's going on? And these like ladies are like, Oh, it's Satan, our dark master. <laughs> oh, just, just everything about this movie just makes me fucking giggle. It was just, 
it's one of those that's just really stuck with me over the years, as I feel like it has a lot. It's just, uh, if any movie you could call a Halloween classic, it's definitely going to be Hocus Pocus. Um, back when I was a kid, I wasn't really familiar with Doug Jones, but he definitely has become uh, one of my favorite creature actors because his talent is endless. But for now, we're going to take another quick ad break, and I will be right back to continue talking about my Halloween favorites. See you in hey a second, everyone, guys. at Disney Adams here from the NerdCon 1 channel. I would like you to join me in welcoming GamerGoat to the family of sponsors for the NerdCon 1 channel. If you are a listener or a viewer of NerdCon 1, you can now get a 15% discount at www.gamergoat.com using code NerdCon1. That's www.gamergoat.com using code NerdCon1. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that ad read as much as I did. Thanks for the little break. Anyways, we are back. Thank you, Ballot Ready. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I was just wrapping up, finishing up before the break, talking about uh, Doug Jones. Um, if you're not familiar with Doug Jones, Doug Jones has been in uh, the original Hellboys, uh, Sons of Anarchy, um, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, honestly, it just, it, it goes on. The guy is just perfect for creatures. Like he, he does just amazing at just being a guy in a suit, you know? I mean, he can actually act too, but you know, anyways. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend, uh, checking out the Sanderson sisters there. Um, <laughs> little, little Winifred down here for us. Um, but yeah, so um, we're going to be moving on to the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Um, I feel any kid that's grown up since, you know, the 80s, Treehouse, always, always a favorite. Um, I mean, who doesn't enjoy the Simpsons? I know they're not that great anymore, but still... The Treehouse of Horror ones are always a good one. They actually, uh, I think it was last year or the year before, they had a, a weird Thanksgiving-themed uh, Halloween episode, which was real odd, but uh, it was interesting. They don't really do Thanksgiving very often on The Simpsons, so, you know, only took them 30-something seasons, but I digress. So, I mean, we all know The Simpsons. We all know that. Um those were definitely some shows, uh, some specials that got me really excited to wait for. Because, you know, back in the day when I was a kid and we were kids, we didn't have this streaming shit and the availability of just watching anything we want at any moment. We had to wait for it to come on TV or watch tapes of it if they had it, which I don't believe they did back then of that. But um, either way... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd always get real excited when the Treehouse came on and they did the little marathons around Halloween. Um, uh, you know, they'd always have the three little tails in each one. Uh, let's see, some ones that definitely really were favorites of mine. Um, Willie as Freddy Krueger was definitely a one. Evil groundskeeper Willie. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Freddy Krueger fan, so that one, them, you know, doing a little their own take on that was just absolutely wonderful. And I mean, it's got just so many good gags in it when, um, 
Willie first gets set on fire because Homer turned up the boiler too much and he comes upstairs screaming about it, uh, you know, and on fire instead of anybody helping him. Skinner was just like, Willie, now, Mr. Van Houten was still talking. Please have a seat. So he sits down while being completely on fire. Like, that's just freaking great. Um, And then when Martin falls asleep in class... And he's trying to be, you know, Mr. Super Smarty in his head. And Willie attacks him with the tongue and chokes him out. And Martin just has like a fucking seizure spasm in school and dies. But when they're wheeling him out and, you know, they got the uh, curtain over him. And he's like, oh, let's, oh this is terrible. Skinner's like, let's not let the children see. But as they drag him away, the cloth gets caught on Skinner's shoe. And he just gets pulled off. And everybody sees Martin's twisted ah, body all frozen in fear. Ah, Groundskeeper Willie. I mean, Groundskeeper Willie is a definite, like, top five favorite character of mine in general, so to see him in that role, absolutely wonderful. Um, So, uh, let's see. Another good one, an older one. Uh, Definitely anything with Kang and Kodos is is great. Um, I remember the one where they... uh, take over the presidential election and become uh, Dole and Gore. And uh, when Homer gets uh, abducted, they cover him in booze and rum. No one will ever believe you. I mean, like, where do they think this shit up? It's just too damn funny. Um, Oh, Ned Flanders as the devil. Now there is an amazing episode where... Homer sells his soul for a donut, but he doesn't finish the donut right away. So, you know, devil doesn't get his soul, technically. Um, And then they have to go through this whole trial thing over the uh, Homer's soul after he has to get tortured down in hell, which doesn't actually work because trying to feed him all the donuts in the world, just it's Homer. He's just like, more, please, more, please. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll," just eating donuts. Plus, I mean, Ned Flanders is the devil, you know, like it's always the one you least expect, as he says in the episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep shifting on. And I talked about this movie um, this past Monday when we did our Halloween special on the NerdCon one podcast. But trick or treat Oh my god. I'm a huge fan of anthology movies. Um, Separate stories that all intertwine. And this one is absolutely the best one I've ever seen. Uh, There's definitely some other ones that are quite good. Uh, Tales of Halloween is a really good one. Um, Holidays is a really good one. But Trick or Treat from 2007. um, Written and directed by Michael uh, Dotery. Doherty, yeah, Doherty, Doherty, Michael Doherty. There we go. I was completely missing a letter while trying to read that because I always screw up his name. But I mean, a lot of great people in it. Uh, Anna Pack, Packwin, Krista, watch this and correct me on it again. <laughs> you know, but uh, Dylan Baker's in it. Brian Cox. Um, a lot of fun little stories that um, all coincide with uh, Sam, who is like the spirit of Halloween, um, which is basically just this weird little 
Well, when he gets his uh, burlap sack mask taken off, you see that his head looks like a pumpkin. So he's literally just this embodiment spirit of Halloween trying to keep things in check. Um, some of my favorite ones from it are definitely um, Dylan Baker's. Uh, he plays this uh, school principal that's actually a serial killer that kills kids every Halloween. And that one's just prime time because there's uh, you know, this kid going around knocking um, – pumpkins over and uh he was gonna take ones from the from the principal's house and uh you know steal some extra candy blah 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 but it's the kid from bad santa the little fat kid um well bad santa and batter santa but uh so he ends up getting killed by eating some poison chocolate and getting buried in this guy's backyard and the whole time that he's like trying to bury this kid in this pile this big giant hole in his backyard they dug that's got uh, like a bunch of other kids just in burlap sacks that he's been killing all night down there. Um, so his little kid just keeps bothering him like, Dad, I'm back. Just screaming at the top of his lungs from the second story window. And he keeps trying to get the kid to be quiet. Um, and uh, at one point, his uh, neighbor, who's this crotchy old asshole who they have a story about later on, uh, he pops in. And, you know, tells him, like, you fix it, your septic tank? Well, it smells like shit. Fix it. And then, you know, takes his dog and goes inside. Um, and it's funny because you see all these characters in, like, everybody else's stories and little things that just all intersect. And just the way it was done was just so perfect. Everything just rolls together just great. But so um, with this guy, when we see him go inside, like they just really allude that he's going to kill his kid, but um, ends up being that he's just showing his kid how to be a serial killer um, because they, the kid they show him killing with the poison uh, chocolate in the beginning of the scene, um, they have his head on like a lazy Susan and they're like carving it up like a jack-o'-lantern. So... That's just creepy right there. Um, another one is this one about this bus of a bunch of mentally challenged kids that got like driven off. Uh, all their parents were really rich and their parents were embarrassed by them. So they paid the bus driver to like drive them uh, off a cliff. And uh, all these little kids like go down into the spot where it happened to like to try to like find it and everything. And it's really just them trying to screw with this kind of like kid that has this little this girl that has like Asperger's I'm gonna assume and it's kind of fucked up and like this one kid that she like has a crush on like feels bad for her but he like still you know screw with her and then when um, the ghosts of these kids from you know decades ago pop back up uh, because they actually find the bus just sticking there um, they're just like zombies and they eat all these kids and they had to come down this weird like freight elevator uh, to get down there and when the girl they were screwing with goes back up um, I don't know if she thinks that they're screwing with her or if she just wants them to get their just desserts but uh, you know she just goes up she just hears their screams and them getting ripped apart but the great thing is you know she super respects Halloween so when she gets up to the top of the uh, elevator and she's walking away she sees Sam walking over towards it and they just kind of look at each other and then just keep going their separate ways because, you know, Sam has no reason to screw with her. Um, now, I know I am approaching the end 
the end. I'm not even going to get to these last four, but that's okay, guys, because I'll just rattle them off real quick. So, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween movie, Christmas movie. I watch it at both times of the year. Um, definitely a classic. Uh, also came out in 93. Um, it's the tale of Jack Skellington not being happy or fulfilled with Halloween, so he tries to steal Christmas and make it his holiday uh, instead of Santa's holiday. Um, I think everybody knows this movie. Um, and then my final top one is the original Halloween from 1978. If you can go a Halloween season without watching this, I think you're absolutely crazy and you are just unjust to the holiday. But um, I will post up uh, later after the episode my full top 10 list um, of Halloween favorites and treats uh, that I recommend to you guys to check out. But uh, anyone, thanks everyone for listening in and watching. Thanks to Ballot Ready, Gamer Go, and the NerdCon 1 channel for sponsoring this episode. For more from NerdCon 1, go to www.nerdcon1 or search NerdCon 1 anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for joining me for Halloween. That's a wrap, guys.